Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. We're happy to have you, Jay Bird McLean, alongside gents. How was Thanksgiving? How was everyone's Thanksgiving last week? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty full. I would say not pretty full. I'd say very full. As in your yeah. stomach or the house or both? Uh, oh yeah, it was a full house. It was a full house. We traveled down to North Carolina and hung out with my wife's family, which is great. Everybody got along and we had a good time, but uh, yeah, I definitely uh, ate too much like normal. Um, so, but it was good. Oysters. We did it upright. Oysters. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. That's Deemed awesome. oysters on the grill. So good. We bought too many though. We had a, we had a full bushel and we had probably 10 people eating. And I, I mean, I probably had 30 oysters and we were, we still had half a bushel left to go. I'm like, oh God, this is, this is a lot. This is a lot. A lot of oysters here. Where are they at, North Carolina? We were in uh, Cedar Point. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So actually, speaking of, I know, uh, you know, you guys know uh, uh, Moorhead City Country Club, McLean. I know you're down, we're down in Wilmington, but they redid that golf course down there. And I finally got a chance to play it with, Good buddy Nick Eman. He's the he was the head pro, now general manager, and they just built a you know beautiful clubhouse right on the Newport River. There, it is just awesome. If you're ever, I don't know why you would be, but if anyone's ever down <laughs> in the the southern tip of the Outer Banks, Atlantic Beach, Moorhead City, um, that place is a it is a gem. It's kind of tucked tucked away, uh, but it's it's awesome, and it was cool to get back there. That was that was my home home club when I when I lived down. Uh, in Atlantic Atlantic Beach, so it was cool. Yeah, my mom just joined there um, uh, this summer. Did she? Man, that's yeah. that's awesome. It's a cool. It's a cool place. Cool Man, I got thousand uh, a thousand members out there now. It's nuts. Yeah, I hadn't been out there since they joined. Um, but yeah, she's been a member there now. So they have uh, they're down at Pine Valley in Wilmington and uh, Moorhead City up at the Beach House. You can't beat it. That place is. I mean. They've got a weird setup because it's there's no real nice country club with the setting that they have like within like 50 60 70 miles. So it's like they've got a a stronghold on on anyone who likes golf or that country club kind of setting. They've got it and it's just and they've done a lot yeah, with it too. That. They really really do. I mean it's it's exactly what it is. It's like if you want to join a nice club and have, you know have a good golf course and have great views and now they've got an incredible clubhouse. The clubhouse looks very similar to what they have at River Landing. They built that kind of big. It's like a three-tiered clubhouse. Now they got a rooftop bar overlooking the the river. It's, I mean, it's awesome. It's really yeah, cool. It's a, it's a really good spot. I've heard nothing but great things um, about it since they had the redesign. And I've heard the golf course is just in tremendous shape. Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, they do a good job. Really good. That's shout out to Nick Eatman. He got there and. She's 2006, I think. He's been there. Yeah, for I think he's been there 18 years. And I mean, he got there when it was, I, I would, I mean, it was still a good golf course. The greens were great, but like he had a vision to like grow this thing and, and redesign the golf course and build this clubhouse right where it's built. And I know it wasn't easy for him, um, but they, uh, not just him, but along with, uh, you know, the, the, the green staff and, and, you know, you know, everybody involved the board. I know there's a lot of, a lot of people involved with it, but you know, I know back in the day when he first got there, he's like, man, this is a special place. And it, it's turned into exactly what he thought it would and could be, which is pretty cool. Not a lot of people can say that. 
Yeah. yeah so, and awesome. John Trujillo is there too. And John's there. We played. Um, you know, it's funny. I played, uh, we played, uh, you know, 18, finally got up there. And John, I met John and Nick for the first time uh, in 2004. It was a Hooter Store event at the Wood uh, Woodstork uh, Golf Course at uh, Wild Wing in Myrtle Beach. It was my second, I think it was my se- yeah, second uh, Hooter Store event. Third PGA Tour, or not PGA, third uh, professional event I'd ever played in. And we played the first two rounds together. Um, and I didn't know those guys from Adam, but I ended up playing well, ended up winning. And then, um, you know, I, a couple of, a couple of years later, ended up meeting him again. Like, hey, I, I know you. We played together in this tournament. I was like, oh, it's a small world. And I ended up living right in their backyard and hanging out with them quite a bit. So they're good. They're good, good guys, uh, good people. But it was, uh, yeah, good to get up there and reconnect with those guys. They're doing doing well. Nothing, yeah, to, up, nothing to complain I, about up there. No, I grew up playing junior events, and John was always one age group ahead of me. He's, you know, I think three or four years older than I am. Um, you remember it was the fifteen to eighteen age division, and then twelve and fourteen. Yeah. I was always one yeah. age below John, but I remember seeing his name on a lot of leaderboards. He was a, a great junior golfer. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say he played at UNCW or. Played. Yeah, I think they, yeah, I think maybe John and Nick both played at UNCW together. Maybe that's right. Yeah, maybe that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, my Thanksgiving was good. Like I said, got a little golf family, little birthday, just good time. So Thanksgiving question for you. Are you guys turkey people and how do you cook your turkey? Like some people just like the sides, right? Do you actually yeah, know like turkey? turkey. Yeah. As long as it's got gravy on it, I like the turkey. That's where I was going. Anything you put gravy on, I'm in. <laughs> How do you yeah. guys cook it? Traditional? We um, have a fryer. Ba- we have a baked and a smoked. Okay. Oh, smoked turkey. I bet that's smoked turkey. Fantastic. But that's, that's really fantastic. good. Yeah. I they, wanted to do a smoke this year, but my wife wouldn't let me. She she wanted to bake it. Oh, okay. How did it turn out? No, no, great. She does this like oven. She uses like this big oven bag thing. So it keeps like the moisture in and it's like not dry at all like you can get sometimes with a baked turkey it was yeah it's fantastic so i'll give i'll give her props there so i probably would have fucked up the smoking part anyway probably, <laughs> probably why she said no <laughs> she's like i want to eat turkey i don't want to <laughs> throw it out uh favorite side favorite side dish mm. dressing what'd you say dressing so like stuffing yeah but it's only stuffing if it's in the bird no, whatever. Okay. People call it stuffing, call it dressing. It's, it's universal. You can go one of the stuff in the bird, not fucking stuffing. Okay, it's whatever. And the best way is the oyster dressing. That's okay. Bad. Now I could eat that. I Put would not. I do not eat the, eat the mm. other dressing. Yeah, you got the dressing is very southern. I I didn't hear that until I went down to to South Carolina. I'm like, what the fuck's dressing? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> stuffing. <Yeah. It's> called <laughs> stuffing. <laughs> and that is the best part, but it's called stuffing, not dressing. I don't like either one of those. I don't, whatever you call it, I don't like it. <laughs> give me some mashed potatoes and give me some uh, the green bean, bean casserole. casserole. There you go. Oh, yeah. And I'm good to go. Okay. All right. I'll take a little nap. I'll accept that answer. Uh, Jay, while you're tipping that back, what are you drinking there? Um, Gosh, what did I go with? I come, uh, this is 1792. You were talking oh, about it earlier, McLean. There you go. Can't beat it. Jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> McLean? Woodford. Woodford. Mm, you're not happy about it. 
I'm not actually, you know, it's been a while. I've been, cause I've had so much fun, you know, finding all of these, you know, smaller distilleries that produce, you know, much, much lower, um, count bottles you know they're just not mass producing it that i've fallen in love with 1792 i know is mass produced but for the dollar you just cannot beat it i i'll stand pretty by good that. i'll stand by that long term um it is pretty good but tonight i went up and you know you guys know me i'm not i'm not i don't purchase 50 60 75 bottles often unless like you throw me a weller all right, I'll I'll bend I'll bend the needle for a little Weller. Weller cool. uh special reserve is my absolute favorite right now. Um it's just hard to beat. It's not crazy expensive when you can find it at the right place. And it's just hard to beat that. But outside of that, you know, I'm a $40 bottle guy. That's just kind of where my budget is and where I where I lie. And uh I was like, you know what? Just gonna get a little Woodford, you know, bring it back a little bit to the original. Disappointing. Disappointing. Disappointed. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's fine. It's I, I will say the the double better option would be good. Double oak's better. Yeah, but the double oak again, you're you know you're playing paying double the price almost too. <laughs> yeah, they have you know, that. it's that like like sixty some dollars. Yeah, it's a sixty five dollar in in Virginia. It's a sixty five dollar bottle or something like that. Sixty six. Yeah. I don't really buy it that much because it's expensive. But I mean, yeah. it is and it's wow. good. But like, I could probably get something else that's better that's cheaper. I agree. And like, while we're on an award-winning podcast, my budget still hadn't quite gotten it there yet. You know, <laughs> it's not quite there. Soon. It's coming. It's not coming. public. It's not. it's not public knowledge yet. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, I'm taking the night off, so I'm just drinking a high noon. <laughs> You're hydrating? <laughs> I respect that. I can respect that. Yeah, this the is my version. Of, this is my noon. version of a night off. The tequila high noon is so better, though. Tequila gives me a headache. That's the only problem. I love it, but it gives me a headache. So, tequila. Uh, one of Tori's contractors stopped by during um, our Thanksgiving, and it was kind of funny. So he's a uh, Colombian guy, good dude, really solid guy. Tori gives him a ton of business, so he stopped by to drop off uh, something for Tori. But he also shows up, and we didn't know what time he was coming, so he knocks on the door and. Some other family members go answer the door because it's not my house. And he he answers the door holding 1942 and another box for Tori. And he's like, Uber Eats. And everyone's like, what is going on? So I walk over there. I'm like, sorry, who who are you? What are you supposed to be doing? And he's like, Tori? Tori? And he said it was actually all of a sudden I realized. I'm like, Ricardo, what's up? He's like, hey, man, brought you some 1942. I'm like, but you can stop by anytime you want to. <laughs> like, anytime. I haven't cracked into that yet. I feel like that's going to gonna wait but i thought i thought p wood would be would be uh approving of the yeah, he would. he would he is also the tequila connoisseur bottle. also not a cheap bottle no no i did have one of my staff guys stop by recently to grab some gloves and he yells at me out of his truck he's like you like tequila right i'm like yeah i do like tequila and he comes out with uh some casamigos and yeho i'm like buddy mm. you can get gloves anytime you need them you can <laughs> Come on by. <laughs> um, all right, want to talk a little golf? Yeah, let's talk some golf. Um, we have the Hero World Challenge this week. Biggest news coming out of today is we got a Tiger sighting. He's on the grounds practicing. Did his press conference today, and I gotta say, I'm kind of excited. And 
not so much just for this week. I, he talked more positive about his injuries than I've heard in a while. Basically, the the line that he said that he's hoping to play once a month to me signifies that he is he feels very good and very healthy. Because typically you don't get typically it would be uh yeah I don't know we got to see how it progresses and how my rehab is and how my recovery is and, uh, yeah, and he kind of couches a, a lot of it and doesn't really give you a whole lot for him cool. to actually kind of put like a. You know, a metric on it and say once a month is what he's going for. I have to think it's a lot better than it has been. Yeah, I mean, he he's not gonna Tiger's not gonna throw some especially when it comes to his schedule, he's not gonna throw a number out there unless he is like really planning on competing in at least eleven or twelve events. You know, yeah. like yeah. or I'd say ten to twelve. Like, I don't, I mean, and I'd say across the board, I mean, this, this one would count too. Like, you know, if you go yeah. through the full year, like if he's planning on playing through the, through the regular season, which is ends in August, that would be eight events if he played once a month. And then you throw a couple silly season events. That means he's playing 12, 10 to 12 a year. Like he's not going to just throw that up. He hasn't done that in what, five years. Not maybe or almost close with 2019, I think was the last yeah, time probably. he really played that many events. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good sign. I mean, so yeah, I think it's I think it's just he, he he gave you a little bit more today too. Even like some of his comments, you know, when they asked him about the whole merger and negotiations and the talk, and you know, he kind of came out and he didn't he 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 bashed Monahan as much as he's going to bash Monahan. I didn't see it. What he say? He just kind of bashed the whole process, and he's like, yeah, what happened? And and none of the players knowing this is our tour can't happen again. Like He's like, I support Jay, but it can't happen again. Like Basically, he said in so many words, we're, we're kind of taking over. We have more say. We have more power. You know, almost like... Get out of the way. Don't screw Read between the lines. Up. It's like Jay Monahan's going to be here, but he's going to be a, a shadow GM because I'm fucking running this tour. It's basically what I got out of it. I'm taking this shit over. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much what I got out of it. Yeah. Which I mean, I like I said earlier, I don't think we were on text chain together, Mike, but I was like, here there's Tiger. He's like coming, he's coming to save the save the PJ tour again. Like he's done it probably two two times before, you know. In the late nineties, he came in and then obviously throughout the two thousands and him coming back and making his Every every time he would come back in the teens, making his little resurgence, it just just the fact or the thought that he could play keeps people involved, you know. And then in the last three years with him, all these injuries, it's like, all right, he's done. It's let's move on. What are we going to do next? And then here he is, like, guys, I'm going to play. And I was like, oh wow, I'm going to watch the PGA Tour now, which that's what they were doing anyway. But um, I think he's well, kind of he like, hey, get on my back, let's go. He's the only one that can truly take it over. You know, he's that influential. There's no one else out there. Rory is influential as he is and as scot-free and clean as he's been throughout his career. Still doesn't have the ability to put everyone on his back. There's no one. I shouldn't say there's no one. I'm sure there's a Rory Sabatini or another guy that's like, and I'm, I'm, not saying Rory has a problem with Tiger. I'm just using a controversial figure that has historically bucked a lot of the trends over time. Um, 
that may not feel like Tiger is the best. It's like with any major sport, you know, what you see on TV doesn't always show what's behind the curtain. But at the same time, you know, Tiger's the only one that's universally going to get people behind him. Um, you might not even like him, but you're going to go with Tiger because he's Tiger, what he's done for the game, who he is. And ultimately, you know, he's, he, he, the, <laughs> I watched this over the past few days being sick, but he's kind of like Dwayne Johnson in ballers. You know, he's that player's owner kind of situation where he's like, you know, I'm, I'm here to take over, but at the same time, I'm doing this for the players. I want to make it better for the players. And I think he has that influence to actually get it done and get it over the line. I don't think this is necessarily, you know, positive for the merger, which it doesn't sound like is going to even come to fruition at this point. That doesn't sound like that's going to get across the line either. He used uh, the word murky today. Yeah, I think I think ultimately Tiger has more of a stake in the TGL league, which has obviously been posted uh, postponed another year now after the storm went through Southeast Florida and took I out. Have a new, the, I have a new take on that too. By the way, go ahead. We can I, we can dive into that too. Uh, if we have got a little time, we can talk rollback. Um, but there has been the, a, there has been a couple little tidbits that have just been sprinkled in the. Throughout the world wide web. Yeah. Watch out. Roll back. Internet. That'll fuck you every time. <laughs> um, but, you know, just Tiger scroll. That, Tiger's that one guy that can get a unanimous decision over the line. If for nothing else, because Tiger could approach you on the range, chat with you, kind of, kind of give that Jordan effect where it's like, oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. Tiger, Tiger's my buddy. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I'm going to let him win because Tiger made friends with me. Yeah. Um, he has that kind of effect and influence. So it wouldn't surprise me if Tiger was able to kind of take over. It wouldn't surprise me if Tiger ended up in office uh, for the PJ Tour one day. I mean, it, what really wouldn't surprise me at all is, well, he's going to go out and play Champions Tour for a couple of early years because of he, he wants to compete and he wants to hoist some trophies, 100%. But it would not surprise me in, in his early to mid-50s, he takes a step back, goes into the front office of the PGA Tour, and starts to become, you know, kind of the the business head or the face of the PGA Tour, um, along with you know some board members that have you know more of a kind of a business background. But on the backside of that, um, kind of take over the tour for the next fifteen to twenty years. I mean, it's in his best interest to do so. I mean, everything that that he's done in his career and and what has made him so famous and made his his golfing, you know you know, career, a career in a sense, a legitimate is because of the, what people want to, they want to watch him play the PJ tour and they, they wanted to watch him. So, and he would want people to continue to watch the PGA tour because that holds the history for every tournament that he's won. If all oh, of a sudden partners. the PJ, yeah. And I hate using that word legacy, but you know, for, for this, for this point, I mean, the legacy is there, which which is what makes people want to watch these these tournaments that have th this long history. And we've talked about that before. It's like if all of a sudden that kind of goes away, then it's like, okay, yeah, Tiger was great on the PGA Tour, but this is the new tour. This is where this is the new history. And he doesn't want that. Jack doesn't want that. Like they're holding on to that as long as they can, because that's where they that's where they're famous. They're not famous on the Live Tour or the DP World Tour or anywhere else. They're famous for what they've done in the majors and on the PGA Tour. And majority of that, those the, the wins were on the PGA Tour. I mean, obviously, he has 15 major major titles. A lot of those were co-sanctioned with the PGA Tour. So, 
<clears throat> yeah, why would he not support that and, and do everything in his power? And and if he's got to throw Monahan under the bus a little bit, you know, and he even he even said that he supports the PGA Tour and the merger in a sense that basically I just support the PGA Tour and if that's what we have to deal with, then we'll figure out how to make it work. I mean, that was the that was the, the sense that that I got from him. That was the yeah, gist. Yeah. It wasn't like, hey, I, I love this idea, but I support the PGA it's the Tour. Idea. Yeah. It's the only idea, and we're going to figure out how to make it work. Kind of kind of way, kind of tone, I guess, is the way to say it. Yeah, my my quick TGL take. Listening to his answer on the TGL question today, I also read between the lines, and I think he was like, "Oh, thank God." I think I think they weren't ready for this thing. I don't think this thing was going to be ready for January 9th. Um, you know, there's a lot of whispers on online kind of about that same thing. If you look deeper into these pictures of the collapse thing, there's like fucking nothing underneath there. Like there that's was no what parking I said. lot. Like there's like I don't think this thing was ready. And I he didn't say like, oh man, that was awful. It sucks. We apologize. He was just like, okay, yeah, now we got another year to make sure we you know, get things right. And then I think he's like, oh, fucking thank God. We're not going to be embarrassed because we have another year to figure this thing out. I, you know, I said the exact same thing when I looked at the the pictures from the damage. I was like, I mean, granted, you could see that there was, there was damage there, but I'm like, it did not look like this thing was ready to go. It almost looked like it was, nothing was secured and they kind of got, got caught in a bad spot. Obviously, you know, the storm came through and, you know, obviously, took it down but it was almost like it wasn't ready to be up yet and i was like oh yeah i, I agree with you I, it's not ready for two months out yeah he did not seem too pissed off about it you know someone that's put this time and energy and, and money um into it he he almost seemed relieved when he was talking about it <laughs> uh, well what they've advertised that sofi center it, it wasn't even having broken ground on that um yeah i mean it looked absolutely it was a, it was I likened it last week. To, I likened it last week to an NFL team's practice bubble. Yeah, that's what it looked like. No, it looked like a a big wedding reception tent. Yeah, with a bunch of scaffolding that was not finished. Yeah, it, like nothing it was secure in the ballpark. So this gives them a chance to actually build out the facility the way it should be. I'm sure it's well funded. Um, I mean, you got Arthur Blake as a owner. You got. Some insurance Tiger, money who could own. I mean, yeah, I mean, this actually gives them a chance to go ahead and build out that facility. You know, what they've what they've shown, what they have, I don't want to say promise, but what the renderings have shown, they're nowhere near completion on that. So no, it looks nothing like the render. That, it looks nothing like that. So my hopes is that you know they're able to get that done. And ultimately, once it does launch, they will have that facility. And it can actually reach its potential because the one thing that you can't do, and you know, this is, I think a lot of this adds a lot of things in the golf world has, has succumbed to over the past few years is a rush to get something done because of the threat of live versus, I mean, the PJ tour did it with money, you know, promised a bunch of shit. They couldn't really pay for long-term. Mm-hmm. So they have to bring new dollars in. This is the same thing. TGL. Hey, you know, we've got to get a competitor out there quickly to combat this and offer another chance for guys to make money. Um, and it just seems like ultimately, this was another rush, and now this actually gives them the opportunity to, you know, back that down a little bit, get the funding in place to build the correct facility, then launch it the way it's supposed to be. I mean, if it's going to reach its potential, it needs to start there, especially with the money that you have behind this. I mean, just Arthur Blank and Tiger Woods can build that. Well, yeah, and then you get Fenway Sports Group 
and you got a bunch of other billionaires that are involved in this thing. So that's exactly that's what I'm saying. Funding's not short. So go ahead and build it correctly and launch it the right way. Um, you know, it sucks that it, they just started to announce teams and you know, it started like it was looking like they're starting to generate they're trying to ramp it up, trying to ramp it up a little bit, and all of a sudden they have this happen, which you know is what it is. But at the end of the day, I, I my hopes are that they get the SoFi Center built. And what they've shown is what ends up being produced because it could be really cool from that aspect of it. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, on Encore stuff with Tiger, what do you expect out of him this week? It's it. I expect good and bad. You know, it's tough to say this because you could say this with a lot of good players. So let's just say you have a Rory McIlroy that goes a couple years down and he's come back for the first time. You expect to see some birdies. You expect to see some errant shots. You expect to see some bogeys. Tiger is kind of the anomaly. We know he's human at this point. Is he going to be able to get it done? You don't know. I expect to see some merit shots. I expect to see some highlights. Um, you know, the good thing is he doesn't have to worry about missing the cut. Um, <laughs> But, you know, by, I mean, it's tough because you would view this so differently if it were any other player. For Tiger, all we want is for him to win. It's the only thing we want to see is to him to go out there and dominate. That's probably not realistic. But on the backside of that, to have him go out there, play well, and show some form to where it's like, hey, we might actually get to see this guy compete in some tournaments. But that it, would- it is worth $10 at plus 8000 right? I already, I already bet that. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn right it is. I mean, ten bucks at plus eight thousand for Tiger to win. You got to throw it out. I mean, why not? You know, if you can't win, if you ain't in. So it's at a course that I'm, I'm fairly certain that he's a member at Albany. Um, it's a course that he's familiar with. Grant his first round historic says like 73, 72, 69, and seventy two. So it's not like he's gone out there and just you know lit it up the first few rounds when he's played, even when he's been healthy. But on the backside of that. You know, I think it's one of those situations where it's like, look, if he's gonna, if he's gonna compete well, this is a course that he knows well, um, and he has the ability to do that. Not to get off topic, real quick though, but something I've been thinking about, and this kind of plays off of what I just said. Why do pros suck so bad on their home course? Too much pressure, and and you play it in a different, you play it in different settings under different conditions. Like you're used to. Like I think you go to a golf course in a in a in a tour event, and you you step on the grounds, and you're used to getting in a routine to play in a tour event. But if your home course is you're playing with your buddies, drinking a couple of beers, not to say Tiger's doing that, but it's a little bit more relaxed setting. And then all of a sudden, now the greens are just a little faster, a little firmer. Now you have to read putts a little differently, and you get a little lazy. I think when you play your home course, I, don't I think, think there's also yeah, I think you get. Real. You get lazy and you don't think about the shots quite as much because you've hit them a whole bunch, right? Like you sit on the tee box and you don't quite pick out that specific start line and what your purpose of hitting that shot is. Like, oh, I hit driver on this hole every time. Just give me driver and just wheel away. I think that's kind of part of it. Where you're playing a golf course, you're not quite as familiar. You're just giving it a little that shot, just a little extra focus on what where you're trying to hit it, what line are you doing, you know, how far is that bunker, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's fair. I I don't disagree yeah. with that, but it's all it always baffles me when you look at the RSM, you look at Quail, um, 
and the home guys never play well. And it's just like, like, what are we doing here? Like, I'm so yeah. done betting Webb Simpson at Quail Hollow. Like, <laughs> I just I can no longer do it. Or any of the any of the Sea Island guys. Sea Island boys. They yeah. never oh. play well there. They Keith never play Mitchell well. Cannot get it done. I think, you know, I think a lot of it's exactly what we just said. I think the second part is there's a little bit of pressure. You think you should play well because it's your home course. That adds a little bit extra to it. You maybe have the pressure of your family being around, you know, that, you know, some people like that. A lot of people don't. They're like, they get in their own little mode, you know, when they're, when they're at a tour event that's not at home and you're sleeping in your own bed can be weird for some people too. Like you, you go back and you're putting the kids to bed and you're like, oh, I haven't really had to do that when I'm getting ready to win a golf tournament. It's just the focus on themselves. Yeah. Um, and getting ready, which I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that that's part of their routine. I think yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is is like you were we were saying, Mike, is I think it, you get when you play your home course over and over, you know every shot and you know most of the putts, and you get a little lazy and you get a little complacent. You don't visualize the shots or the putts or the chips the way you would in a normal event. Um, and you're like, oh man, I knew that putt broke a little bit more. Why don't I just go on the other side? of the green and look at it. Why did I just assume, you know, little stuff like that. Yeah. You think the PGA tour hosted event at Palmetto where kids couldn't drink beer. He'd even play. (laughs) Probably not. No. Skipping this week. Never. I've never tried this. I'm not doing it this this week either. Yeah. (laughs) Here's what I want to see a tiger this week. Two things. Three things. I want to see. What's his speed like? What's his touch like around the greens? And then what's his body looking like in his limp on Sunday afternoon? Those are the really the only three things. I don't care about where he finishes, what he shoots. If he has some speed, he has reasonable touch around the greens. And he's not limping on Sunday, I'll be happy. The rest he yeah. can figure rest he'll figure out with reps. Yeah. I think he's gonna. I think kind of to your point, Mike. I think you're gonna. I think his ball speed's gonna be good. I think we're gonna see if he's not trying to hit the big wipey cut. I think we're gonna see ball speeds in the in the 180s. I think he can still do it. Um, I think we will see a lot of great mid to long iron shots, like we've always seen, because I think those those are the things that are easy for him because of all the years of repetition and his swing. Obviously, is in great shape. It looks good. That's not. Him hitting the ball in the center of the face is not a problem, which is what you want to do with your mid and long arms. And I think we're going to see a lot of awesome mid and long iron shots. I think I think we're going to see struggles with distance control, with the short irons, with his pitching. I think we're going to see some great shots with his pitching and chipping, and then we're going to see some that are like not very good. And it's they're not going to look bad. I don't think we're going to see him like, oh, that was terrible. I think you're going to see a lot of pitch shots that he hits like 10 feet and he misses the putt. And, it, and nothing's going to look bad. It's going to look good and clean, but it's just not going to be sharp. And he's going to miss some five, six footers that he normally we were uh, accustomed to seeing him making. Uh, we're going to see a couple pit shots and chip shots that are just going to not be precise. And I think he's going to finish. I think he's going to finish in the top fifteen. <laughs> I don't think he's going to finish last. Man, I think he's yeah. going to be what a prediction. I mean, but I mean, honestly, I mean, everyone would say he probably should finish close to last, but I think he's going to finish, you know, anywhere between 15th, 15th and 10th place, which I think if he gets inside the top 10, that'd be, that'll be an incredible week for him, in my opinion. 
But I think, I mean, I'm just saying that's where he's going to finish, good or bad, easy or not. I think that's where he's going to finish. Well, I think you do bring up a good point. You know, what's the shop shape? The shot shape look like? You know, he's even said I've heard him on some sound bites saying I'm playing that weak cut now. Is he still? Is is that the only shot he plays? You know, is he going to start flighting the ball? You know, a little bit right to left with the driver, some which is going to be very difficult. But if he all of a sudden starts hitting that penetrating draw, posting 182, 183 ball speed, that's going to be very intriguing to see what that looks like long term. If we see him get up there and just start hitting the, you know, 175, which 175 is still fast, but if he's hitting, you know, 175 with a cut with the loopy finish. You know, that's going to because I've never liked seeing that. And that's the unfortunate I hate that swipey thing. He always plays. I, I, I hate the loopy finish, but it's it's just the bad part is if that was all he ever did, you wouldn't notice. It. I mean, it's very similar. Webb Simpson does that. You know, I, he he has that yeah. loopy. finish. Um, but he's trying to hit a draw. One hundred percent. But you yeah. guys know what I mean, where that club yeah. way around the head starts low and finishes high um, versus Tiger, who's always finished the club really high and came through it high with a draw. Um, you know, that, that will be the most intriguing part because when he's hitting that cut, we all know it's a hold off. He's trying, he's holding back. He can't fire it. All of a sudden he fires a couple in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know what could happen. You never know what could happen. I'd love to see him. I mean, again, that we're talking to somebody who's, you know, the model for, for swings for the longest time, but I would, I'd love to see him get to a point where he's not trying to move the ball so much. I know that he's accustomed to doing that. I would love to see him get to the point where he's like, I can set up and I can hit a little fade or a little bleeder. And it's, it's like a five yard bleeder with my driver with the way that the drivers spin and the balls spin now, man, he can, you can really get close to hitting it as far as you could, if you're hitting a five yard draw. I mean, it's close. It's not as, not as far, but it's really close. I would love to see him get up and try to hit like a, three to five yard cut with his driver and just get to a point where he can swing it aggressively and have the ball fall right and not have to rely on that that late kind of hold off you know wipey cut and it's just like oh you, you when you see him make that swing you're like ah oh, man he's struggling he's just hanging on right now like he did at the masters when he was when he was hurt he was just like let me just get get to the house like this is all i got uh and that's so fun to watch i mean that's like but I mean, he's. I think he's still. I think he's still got. He's still got enough juice where he can do that and and not have to rely on hitting a big draw to get some speed. I think he can still do it. Well, it's funny. You're exactly right. I mean, it. My favorite shot to hit with the driver right now is the tumble cut. The tumble mm-hmm. cut was never a real shot until you had the modern golf ball. That wasn't even something that you could even pull off. But nope. now with modern golf ball, you can hit a low spinning cut. I mean, that crazy. was. That was that was huge. I mean, I remember that's kind of what when I was in college, my freshman year, they came up with the the Pro V one, and I remember. You know, we've talked about this before, but I remember seeming that thing when you could do it, and I would, you know, you I would set up to hit like a cut, and I and I would hit it hard, like I would just whatever change my setup a little where I could sit up hard and release it, and I was trying to hit a draw, and the ball wouldn't move. I mean, it was like. <laughs> It was like it got up on an elevator and just went straight and then just would fall right. And it's like, I mean, it was like cheat code. You know, it was like this ball doesn't curve. And you go from a professional or the Torbalata 
which which was the ball right before that. You know, like this was it was so hard like to use that type of ball and hit that shot because if you missed it just a little bit, you know, it was a 20-yard cut, you know, if you're like, "Oh, I just caught that just a, a you know, a quarter of an inch off the heel." It's like, "Oh man, I'm I'm in the right rough or I'm in the trees." And it also went like 20 yards shorter because it spun like crazy. Yeah. But um yeah, the ball, you know, the last so many years, comments I could make, but I won't do it. Because you don't want to go down that road. No, because we're gonna go have that, down. we're gonna have that conversation soon enough, it sounds like prior to the end of the year. The rollback road. Let's not go down the rollback I will, road. I will pour a fresh bourbon. No, that's <laughs> we're gonna have that conversation the next week or two. It's it came out that they're gonna have that decision before the end of the year. So we'll have it here shortly. So not tonight. Not tonight. We'll be ready. Don't stare at me, McLean. Are you frozen? Okay, you're staring. <laughs> I'm itching. I'm over here. That's, that's good. That's good holiday golf talk right there. Yeah. Bah yeah. humbug. <laughs> you are fucking proof when it comes to the rollback. You are. That works out well. Yeah. Good sound bite. Um, here, here's something that will piss me off some more. Is John Rom going to live? I saw a soundbite, or uh, sorry, no, I'm saying soundbite. I saw a um, Instagram story from Adam Kola saying that he is not going to live. Now, I don't know where that stands. That's the first time I saw a rebuttal saying that his sources tell him that he is not going to live. So we'll see. And that could be because they couldn't get, because we saw what came out of it. He was trying to change the format slightly. My guess, the only thing that makes sense is he was obviously trying to change the format to make sure that he could uh, get world ranking points. points. So if they weren't able to get that across the line, that may have pulled him out of it. It, Like it may have been in very deep, serious discussions, but at the end of the day, say, Hey, John, sorry, we're not going to change it, but we're giving you 600 million. He's like, no, I want world ranking points. I can tell you my slut ass would be over there for 600 mil. Just tell you that right now. I don't, I don't know if I believe it's 600 ranking mil. Points. I, I, I don't That's a lot of money. Either. I don't disagree with that either. I saw today that Max Homo was offered 500. Yeah, I don't believe that nutty. either. I don't believe I don't, those numbers. I, I'm, what did I'm DJ get? 200? Good. No, Phil got 200. DJ got like 150. Got 150. There's no way those guys are getting 500 and 600. I, I don't know. You just, There's but no here's way. all things. You just don't know at this point. Are and, they- and it does it does seem weird that they would they would give him that much money given the given the the situation of the uh potential of merger. The agreement the, yeah, potential agreement and merger with the PJ Tour. It's like, hey, we're right on the cusp of maybe making this thing work. We don't even need to give you this money, really. You know, essentially we can we may be able to make this work without giving you anything. And we get we get could get the best of both worlds. So I, I don't yeah, I I, I kind I don't of think the merger's happening. I don't think the merger is happening, and I think that's why they're now courting these guys and throwing stupid money at them. I think behind the scenes, they know that this is not getting across the finish line. So all of a sudden, now they're backpedaling, saying, all right, well, we're not going to have this group deal done. We're going to go out and try to get some more of the top players, and we're going to outrageously pay them. That doesn't surprise me at all for them, quite frankly. I, I don't disagree that if DJ got 150, these guys are worth five and 600. 100% agree with that. But at the same time, it would not surprise me if they did it, it, I, I don't the, the, the whole thing that doesn't make any sense to me with with like we've said in the past if this if this tour is a is their main goal is to disrupt then 
you're obviously not gaining any ground by keeping this tour uh, as a three round golf tournament, 48 guys, that model obviously is not gaining any traction with the, the world golf ranking committee. Like it's not. So why would you just not say, Hey, you know what? All right, we're going four rounds. We're upping it to 70 guys and we're going to have a qualification process to, we're going to have a Q school, which, which they've come out with. It seems very silly and, and benign, but why would you just not do that? And then now you've got free reign. I would feel like if you can say, Hey guys, we're going to get world ranking points based on, it's going to be just a year before we get them. And then why would you not do that? Guys would, I I think you'd get a bunch of guys to go then. If they knew that they were getting world ranking points and they could play in the majors, it would be a no brainer. Like they could totally shut the whole thing down, which would not be would I don't think would be good if, if, if they did that for the PGA tour. But I, I, I think there's a lot of guys that would go if they knew, Hey, I'm going to get this amount of money. And if I can, I can still play in some of these, these bigger, bigger events, the majors, like I, it would be, it would, that would not be good. And luckily they haven't done it yet, but if they do, I, I think. Now, you draw and I will say now, granted that the two, the two main sources behind this rumor um, have a pretty poor track record of who's going to live. Hundred percent, hundred percent. One of the things that I I found very interesting was that Bern Weisberger, Weisberger, however you want to pronounce it, um, has gone back to the DP World Tour, paid his sanctions, and has decided to go back to the DP World Tour. One of the most interesting things behind that with the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour's new merger. If Dean were to finish, I'm sorry, not Dean Burmester, Vern Weisberg. If Vern were to finish inside of the top 10 next year, he would get a PGA Tour card. Is that the only way back? Is the PGA Tour going to allow that? That's a storyline. Well, what were that's a great question. I mean, what were the what were the fines? What were the sanctions with the DP World Tour? I don't, Does anybody I don't know what he had to pay? Actually, uh, he he paid back like it was like a million and a half dollars or something like that in fines. Damn. I mean, if I were hold Dustin on, Johnson on, or one on. of those guys, I'd be like, I got yeah, it. I'll I pay, got it right here. I'll have to impose 100,000 pound fine. So it was only 100,000 pounds. Oh, what the hell is that? No brainer. On members who play in live events. I'm looking at it right now. So, but my whole thing is like, all right, does that mean that he can get back to the PGA Tour by finishing top 10? Yeah. Is that I would think so because he wasn't a PGA Tour member. He was a DP yeah. World Tour member. He served their suspension, paid their fines. If he go plays, if he go plays a, a full season on the DP World Tour and he finishes top ten, then yeah, he's gonna get his card. I, th- I would think. Yeah, I mean the PGA Tour is ne- hasn't really said anything about what that what those sanction sanctions would be or those fines would be to get to get reinstated. I haven't heard anything. I mean, basically, yeah, the only thing I've heard is. In. It, like you're banned for life. That's the only thing I've heard. So uh, 1.5 million euros is what I'm reading here. It could be right. I mean, we're reading whatever, obviously. whatever that is. And hold on, here we go. According to Tyler, yeah, you're right, Mike. Uh, 1.5 million to do it. Live reportedly paid it. What? So he could go back to the DP World Tour. Maybe they didn't want him anymore. They're like, hey, man, you you suck. 
you're out of here. <laughs> I'm looking at something on sportsillustrated.com where it says Liv reportedly paid the sum on Weisberger's behalf when he requested to rejoin his home tour. That seems Get weird. Impressed. That seems stupid. Yeah, what's Did the, you see what's the other the big news? Graham McDowell signed with Team Smash. Oh. Huge, huge hot stove news out there. <laughs> I mean, hot stove. Brooks Kepka was so desperate to get rid of Matt Wolf. He signed the fucking <laughs> ghost of Graham McDowell. <laughs> well, so what what what's the deal with Matt Wolf now? Where where did he go? Did he get picked up with another squad? Uh, he's on the waiver wire. He's still so nothing solid for him. Nothing solid for him. No. I predicted it. I knew it was gonna happen. He just doesn't have it. <laughs> no, could see it. Uh, I knew he was gonna be the the last of that bunch. The word is Brooks tried to trade him for a, a bag of range balls, and everyone said no. I mean, that would that's one step above a bag of Richards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Brooks Brooks Kepka can be a dick, but I do kind of respect the fact he's like, look, dude, you're not if you're not giving us everything and you're gonna just quit, like get out of here. Like but yet I do you kind of, up I do G-Mac? kind of appreciate that. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yet you pick up GMAC? Yeah, I, yeah, that, yeah that's not... that's the questionable thing. Like <laughs> I mean, he's I, fucking awful now. There's not a whole lot of people to, really to choose from. The 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 pool is small. He's I mean, I'm pissed at his pool. brother. His brother's like, "Fuck it, I could beat him." Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. I, I need for I need, GMAC? <laughs> I need you guys to try to cheer me up. Mm. I have a, believe, I have believe it or not I have a very negative cynical take on the world of professional. Get the fuck golf. out of here! Get the fuck yeah. out of here! You're negative and cynical. Get the fuck out of here! And <laughs> catch us off guard, Mikey. I I am very very concerned. I think professional golf in five years, ten years, will be tennis. <laughs> it, I'm not dead serious. It will not matter yeah. except for four times a year. Tennis does not matter except for four times a year. That's it. No one cares. No one could tell you anything else about the world of tennis except for the four majors. Change my mind. What do I have to be optimistic about this? I don't trust the executives because they're emboldened because Jay Monahan has to answer to eight different people. He's got to answer to the players. He's got to answer the good players and the bad players. He's got Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, Cantley in one ear. And then he's got Lonto Griffin and Ryan Armour and James Hahn in the other ear, bitching and moaning. He's got to answer to the TV people who can't put out a good TV product, and they suck, and they are all cutting costs now. Who knows what the hell product we're going to get from NBC this year. The sponsors, who are now being told to put up more money that they don't want to because the product's not there, and the value's not there, and the ratings aren't there. They have to put porta potties on every hole now to appease John Ron to keep him from going from live. That's PGA Tour's rebuttal. Uh, they got. Well, was Dustin Johnson that needed the poor bodies. Cars, like the, I don't trust the executives. I don't trust the players because they're just as fucking greedy as all these sponsors and TV people and tour. They're just as fucking greedy, and they're just as much as part of the problem as all the executives are. I, I don't trust anyone in the world of golf. I think the ecosystem of professional golf is going to suck soon. I think we're going to see shitty ass golf tournaments. 
because the players don't really care. No one cares about the fans. No one cares about the product. The players think they're worth way more fucking money than they are. The executives don't know how to fix it. The people that actually have the money in the game, the ads, the sponsorship, they don't want to put the money up. Like, what? what is what is there to be excited about? Did you? I, you didn't preface this that you were going on a mass hold minute. Like you got. I wasn't going to, but I just did. Uh, it wasn't in the. <laughs> wasn't in my notes. But here's the hope we have. Here's the hope we have. Let's break it down to stats real quick. I think professional golf is up for discussion, up for debate. I don't think any of us can tell anyone with any sort of certainty what it's going to look like over the next five years. I ultimately think money will prevail. I think there's too much involvement in the sport. So I just looked up a stat according to the internet, which is undefeated. (laughs) There are 1.2 million recreational tennis players in the United States. There are over 25 million recreational golfers in the United States. My guess is that number is actually a lot higher because most of those numbers based off of tennis and golf for both of these numbers is a lot higher because those are basically reporting people who track handicaps, people who track some form of their actual involvement in the sport. And that's higher worldwide. Correct. It's even higher worldwide. 100%. But as we all know, I mean, hell, I'd recently got a handicap because I had to go play in a member guest. I've got a handicap. Mike keeps it for me. I'm a plus nine. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Sorry, I'm not trying to deter you from making a comment. We played, we played the tournament, and so we were we need to add a new. Need to we need to grow the rough in, and add we can some debate. Trees. We can debate his, his the, handicap. If that's his handicap. We need to grow the rough in and add some trees. Um, it's like a. It's like a. Legitimately, it's probably a plus one. God, can you just find some middle ground, you sandbagging son of a bitch? He is a sandbagging son of a bitch. Jay, what'd Unreal. you shoot on Sunday? Jay, what'd Unreal. you shoot on Sunday? I played good on Sunday. You plus four or five. He's a what'd plus you shoot? four or five. I played the best round of golf what'd I've you played shoot? in like three years. I shot 64. Okay. All right. Yeah. Case closed. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. That, and like, plus one, once, don't shoot 64. Once every 64. four years. Plus one, don't shoot 64. Yes. Anyways, if, anyways. If let you me throw a bunch of 77s and 78s point. in there. Yeah. Get back to my point here. Depends on how many. So, all I will say is that I, I was recently at the opening of a new PGA Tour Superstore in Knoxville, Tennessee. Not necessarily a golf mecca by any stretch of the imagination. Also, on the same day of the UT Georgia home game in Knoxville. Keep that in mind because that's a big thing in that area. I mean, a mm-hmm. big deal. This store fielded over $80,000 that day in golf sales. I'm not worried about the state of the golf game as you're going to you stop me I- from that. I was still going. You're well, just real fast. I'm not I, worried I was- about, I'm just worried. I'm not worried about the state of golf with what you and I deal with on a day to day basis. I'm just talking about the world of professional. Golf. Well, that's the point I was still trying to make, Mike. Okay, I do keep appreciate going. you stopping me, though. Really You're nice. welcome. You're very, very Boston of you. <laughs> um, where I was trying to go is that ultimately there's too much money in the sport. There's too many people that care about it. And I think overall, the money and the care is going to trump it. I mean, you have a guy like, um, God, who is, who's the Jimmy Dunn? 
the guy has more money than he could ever imagine and cares about it without anything. He, he will make an investment on personal beliefs, feelings, involvement, just to keep something going. And that's one person. And I know there's a ton of other people that feel that same way. And I think overall, that's going to end up trumping things at the end of the day. But if the fans don't care, and if the fans don't watch, I don't care what Jimmy Dunn has to say or has to offer. It doesn't matter. If if this if the if the world of golf loses the fans, because there's 26 million golfers in this world, or sorry, in this country. Not many of them watch golf, guys. Professional golf on TV, you're talking three, four million on a pretty good PGA Tour Sunday, or people are watching golf. The highest rated round of golf in the last five years, I looked this up last week, is 2019 Masters. Five-year Masters, it had to be, yeah. Okay, right. 10.8 million people watched that. A historic day in golf. We had 10.8, not even half of the golfing public. And there was probably a bunch of those people that some old guy sitting on his couch was like, oh, crap, I'll watch, I don't play golf, but I'll watch Tiger Woods win the Masters. This is cool. And they only had 10.8 million people watching that day. The week, I think it was week 10, Thursday night game being streamed on Amazon between the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears. Trash upon trash on a streaming service on a Thursday night got almost the same amount of viewers. So, yes, Jimmy Dunn can care a shit ton about the world of golf and have a bunch of money, but professional golf is going to lose the viewers. And when it loses the viewers, the ad dollars go away, the TV deals go away. Yeah, no, I, I, I've always said, like, the... the the reason that these guys and some some of them forget um, the reason that you play professional golf is because people want to watch you and people want to people want to pay, um, you know, to sponsor a tournament so they can get some visibility for their companies because people are watching. It's all comes down. It's it's the entertainment business, just like any other professional sport. Yep. So if you don't have the viewership, you don't have you don't have the money, and then then it just kind of goes away. I don't. I, I I totally understand where you're going. I don't think it's going to get to that extreme. I think there probably will be a dip. You know, there could be some dips, and obviously we've seen that with the live tour coming on. I don't think it's going to get to that point where it just it it, it just goes away. I mean, the comparison with with tennis <clears throat> again. I know you were just trying to make a point, but there is a difference between you know watching professional golf and watching professional tennis. I mean, it would be like w- us watching a featured group nonstop for four hours like we would in a tennis match uh i don't watch the entire tennis match i'll i'll wait till the the they get to the the third or the fourth set and then i'll turn it on and i'll watch that would be like waiting till they get to 15 16 to to turn it on and there's a reason we don't watch a featured group the whole time there's a reason we watch the whole telecast i'm just saying though it's different stories four times four times a year well and again that's you know to my point like i think the 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 sport itself and the way that it's televised can pull you in more times than it can for some of these these ancillary events that don't mean anything in tennis. So I think that you've got one, you've got more people that play golf. So more people do watch golf than tennis. And I think it's always going to be the fourth sport 
um, maybe between uh, NASCAR, maybe even gets higher ratings than, than golf. But um, uh, that's debatable whether you, you call NASCAR sport or not. But um, the, the other point that I wanted to try to make was that, um, I, you know, I, I think that the 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 fact that the, we've we've kind of gone back and forth with the live tour in terms of these events and these elevated events and i've said from the beginning if there were less events it would be more important and you'd have more people watching and i know that it's kind of like that old baseball theory like hey i've got i've got 80 80 however many games in and mlb like i'm just going to i'm 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 going to kill them by quantity rather than quality like i've got this this amount of opportunity to get people to watch my games whether it's be, via tv or Come into the ballpark, ballpark, and I know that I'm going to get you know X amount of viewership that way. And I think the PJ Tour has kind of gone at it with that that mentality. But I think because it, it's so redundant and so repetitive every week, and there's these events that don't matter, it loses its luster, and you kind of get lost. You're like, I don't even. There's another PJ Tour event, another PJ Tour event, and you only you only perk up when it's the majors. So, in my opinion, I think. If they and they, it looks like they're trying to do that. If they could condense the season, get rid of which it sounds like they've again they've done it with the fall series. They've got rid of that, which I think will help. Really condense the season and get rid of some of these really smaller uh, events. Um, and I think it it helps with the viewership. And I, again, I, I know that they're not going to go that far as to point as to the point where they're only going to have three events out of the month. They won't ever do that, but. I think it would be better. I think it would it, it may increase the brand uh, by limiting. It's almost like you're. It's like you, you're just getting shot with a shotgun. It's like it's too much. It's like oh my god, I can't even pay attention. I'm like it's like there's so many events. I don't even know what to focus on. Um, but yeah, and I just I just think there's there's like almost now there's like so much broken with it with the product that. It, it it almost like they need to just kind of blow up and start it over, and I, and I and I'm talking about how they now you doing that you you know you you lessen I love your idea of of just three a month from January awesome. January to August three a month, right? That's twenty four events. If but you now you get, get the, the best players. The best in players of, If in yeah. sixteen of those are all the best players are playing in sixteen of those twenty four, you have an off week. Every month, you have people miss it, have the viewer miss it is great. Now, the TV is going to be like, well, I, I paid for X amount of telecasts, so they're well, going to want their money back. I think that, that that's even better for them because it's like if there's only 24 events, or, you know, they're like, wow, I'm paying for this event. I'm putting I've got to put X amount of dollars into this event because there's only 24 events for them to watch. And if they know that people are only tuning in three out of the four weeks of the month you should get an increase in visibility um, because it's limited. You know, like you said, we watch the majors because those are the biggest events because they only happen, you know, once, you know, four times a year. We People tune into the Olympics. Why do they tune into the Olympics? One, because they want to watch great athletes, but two, they know that it's not going to happen for another four years. And you're kind of like, uh, I don't want to miss it. Like, let me just at least tune in and see what's going on. So there, if you get it, if you get, it's too much of of one thing, it, then you're gonna. It's not. It's not important. It, it loses its luster, you know. So it's like I feel like we just have so many damn events. It's like, oh, another event, it's another event. I mean, granted, we all watch because we love golf, but it, so if you they think can like, find uh, a way to prioritize, events. 
You think a yeah. 14 event schedule would be better? I mean, something, maybe not, maybe more than 14, but something close to that. I mean, I know, I know, I know where you're going with this. this. <laughs> I know where you're going All right, with this. So look, I got, I, I've <laughs> been, I've been stat crunching here real quick. So one thing shocked me, but I'm going to run you through this real quick. So the most viewed sporting events. And Super I think like the last year or so, hold on, I'll run you through worldwide, worldwide. Okay. All right. Number one, World Cup. 5 billion viewers. Number two, Tour de France, 3.5 billion viewers. Number three, the Cricket World Cup, 2.6 billion viewers. Let me tell you what the U.S. did not watch. Number four, Women's World Cup, 2 billion viewers. I I can't, I don't have time and I don't want to get canceled, so I'm not going in on that. Megan Rapinoe, God. Summer game, number five. Rapinoe, who gives a shit? Gold jacket, green jacket. Five, the summer game, two billion viewers. Six, winter games, two billion viewers. Seven, UEFA Champions League final, 450 million viewers. Eight, the Super Bowl at 115 million viewers. Nine, Wimbledon at 25 million viewers. Big drop right there. Ten, NBA finals at 17 million viewers. 11, the World Cup of Rugby at 17 million viewers. The Derby at 16 million viewers. And at number 13, the 2023 Masters at 15 million viewers. The Masters is higher than the World Series, higher than the Final Four. All of that shocked me a little bit. But what you're going down, like the point that you were making is legitimate based off of the majority of all of these events are on an annual um, or a biannual or I don't know what you would call for your quad annual um, yeah. basis of when you see these events happen and you see the most um, viewership across the globe. So, well, well, so no, what you're on, saying quick, is quick, not go ahead. McLean, real quick. What, when those, I mean, there's, one thing that that I was curious about, like obviously, if you said the NBA Finals, the World Cup Finals, but then you say the Summer Games, the Winter Games, like, I mean, are you talking the course over over two months for the Summer Games and the Winter Games? I mean, of course you're going to get the most. I mean, that's that's. I think you can almost throw those out because you've got people watching over and over. over yeah, it depends over, on what over. that measurement is. Yeah, if it's I, one one game, one that. night. I, I haven't dug that deep. I, yeah. I didn't. Dig yeah. that deep into it. This is just more of a stat I saw from the undefeated internet to tell me <laughs> what what this looks like and yeah. some sort of measurement. Yeah, sure. Golf sure. is on the list, and obviously, I, I I was a little bit shocked to see the Masters as high as it was, and the fact that it was the 2023 Masters as high as it was. Um, I, I'm I'm really shocked to see the Derby higher than the Masters. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's 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 only by 1.6 million viewers, but at the same time, I was a little shocked to see the Derby higher in that. Horses. A lot of the other ones make sense. That's the World Cup of Rugby, month. the World yeah. Cup of Rugby, shocks me a little bit that that's higher. Um, NBA Finals shocks me a big bit because they can't even fill stadiums. I mean, the amount of money that that play, that the NBA generates and the amount of money that they play their players with empty stands. Still baffles me. The TV rights just have to be so outrageous. Um, I would love to see what the stats are from the NBA, like NBA finals. Like how many people were watching NBA finals in the 80s and 90s when they were in their kind of heyday? And then what what is it now? I mean, again, we, I mean, you don't have to look it up now, but it's something I'd be curious because I think 
when it was, you know, bird magic in the eighties and then, you know, Jordan came along in the late eighties and then the nineties when they were, I mean, NBA was dominating everything in the, in the eighties and nineties. And I would be curious to see what they, what they were doing. They had to have been the most popular, most watched sport. All right. So in the U S I I couldn't agree with that more, but I'll, I'll share a quick stat with you real quick that I'm watching here. So the NBA announced that in 2023, NBA playoffs were most watched in more than five years, with the viewership peaking at 17.8 million viewers during Game 5 of the Finals. Social engagement also increased during the 2023 Finals, with the NBA being the most viewed brand on Twitter during the Finals. Across all NBA social platforms, there were more than 8 billion views which emphasized the fact that more people than ever viewed or interacted with the playoffs in some way. So it shows that during the finals, it does make a difference. Now, the thing that we haven't figured out in the sport is that we're not doing that with the FedEx Cup playoffs. Mm -hmm. That does not reach our pinnacle. It's still the majors that take that that note. And it's always going to be the Masters. It's always going to be the Masters. It is what it is. The greatest tournament alive. I mean, here, here's the crazy part. Of <laughs> the greatest tournament alive. This I'm, tournament is alive. <laughs> it is alive. I'm here's here's one of the best. It's alive. Ways. Here's my personal feeling. I have a hotel in Augusta for the Masters this year. I am going to a hospitality house for two days at the Masters this year. I don't have tickets, but I'm going. Mm-hmm. There's no other tournament. That would make me want to do that. I have a buddy of mine that's coming with me. He's not even the biggest golf fan in the world, but we went last year. It was his first ever golf tournament we went to. I told you guys about it last year. And he's like, yeah, no, we're doing that. And I happened to look up a, a hotel like six months ago. I would I always randomly do this. And I'd look up a hotel in Augusta during Masters Week. And apparently they had forgotten to change their rates. So mm. I booked a Homewood Suites three miles from the golf course for like 200 bucks a night for <laughs> oh. Thursday through Sunday night. So no I, way, but I have it booked and paid for. Paid for. Oh, you won! You won! You need yeah. to walk right in. I had, and you need I had someone tell me, I'm like, bill I'm like, I'm, say, "Thank you." This is for you, Mister Hotel, Mister Mrs. Hotel Checker Enter. Here's the best part. And I told a buddy of mine, I'm like, I'm I booked it throughout the whole week, and I'm probably only going to stay, you know, two nights. He's like, "I'll pay you for the other two nights." I'm like. Hell, this is a damn good hustle right here. Like I'll tell you right now, if you got nothing new, because it's you book it on your credit card, you don't actually pay till you check in. So if you're smart, you go book out the 25 and 26 dates, and you can sell those hotel rooms for a shit ton. Oh my gosh! When you just remember when you check in, if you lose your card, you are Mister McLean. Just remember when you, when yeah, you, you lose just have to your worry card. about the incidentals. So book a Hampton <laughs> Inn without a bar, so they can't run up your tab. That's right. That's right. All right, so Jay, here's some NBA numbers for you real fast. This is, again, on the undefeated internet. Uh, I think I have the same <laughs> undefeated internet as McLean. Uh, I've got, I've got an updated version. So this is, this, is, this is on Wikipedia. So they were giving the, you know, they give the t- TV ratings these numbers, right? So Nielsen ratings? The Nielsen ratings. So game five this year's NBA finals did a 7.0, and this is saying it was 13 million viewers. Mm-hmm. 1998 game seven bulls jazz oh man almost 36 million viewers that's so <laughs> basically three times as much that was that's crazy and they don't have 
TV ratings weren't the same back in the 80s. So they don't have real good numbers. I, I will say that the Nielsen rating on, so it was a seven for the for the Nuggets this past year. Uh, the Nielsen rating was a 24 for that Bulls-Jazz game. They have some, they don't have viewers, but they have ratings. So if you look at um, 1985, right? Lakers, Bulls, or even, sorry, 1984 game, we'll go game seven, because game sevens are always getting more, right? Uh, Lakers and Celtics, sorry, 1984 game seven was a 19.3 Nielsen rating. Mm. Mm. So they're not getting that now. Not getting that now. Now, granted, in today's day and age, is also way more to watch, right? They didn't have it was eight channels back then, right? Yeah. Now there's 400 channels in eight, 12, 15 different streaming services and yeah. all kinds of shit to watch. It, and, yeah, and that's where the the Nielsen ratings. It, it's kind of it's not you're not comparing apples to apples. You know, when, when like you said, when you were watching the finals, NBA finals, you, there was one way to watch it. That's yeah. it. You know, and but, there was also, and there's also only two other things going on at the same time, right? Yeah, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox was like the only thing. You didn't even, I'm not <laughs> sure Fox existed back then. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, this whole this whole conversation just started with I am just down on the future. I have no hope until I see something really good come out of the world of professional golf. It seems like we're getting just a lot of shit. We're getting this fucking Netflix Cup stuff. The match, you know, TGL, I don't think is going to be that great. Live, we all know my thoughts on Live. It's just like, ugh, what are we doing here, people? Like, can we just get, yeah. can we all stop being fucking so greedy? You guys are making all, uh, everyone, you're all making a bunch of money. You're all making a ton of money. Can we just get the best players to play golf on the same fucking golf course? Can we also maybe get some better venues that they're playing on? Yeah. Can we just get that like 16 to 20 times a year? That's it. I agree. Like, I agree. I mean, I would I would love if the tour if the again, they won't do this because it's it, it's about getting people in and out of the golf course, but like if they for the six if they had 16 events that were elevated events and they were they were like top 100 golf courses, like really cool destination golf courses. I mean, if uh, just think about the destinations that these places they, they could go to. What if they went to like Bandit? What if they went to, you know, they've been to Kohler, but what if they went to some of these places that are true destination and then they really marketed the the shit out of these places, like from the viewer, from a viewer standpoint, like, hey, look how beautiful this place is. The PJ Tour is playing here. This is a great course. Or you go to like these you know, these top 50 golf courses in the world and, and they, they don't fit the model. They're like, Oh, it's going to be tough to get people in and out, but how cool would it be to slam pack, you know, 20, 30,000 people at a PGA tour event where there's no room and they're like right on the fairway. They're right on the green. There's no grandstands, you know, sorry, Danny, maybe you would, Danny Ellis will get the contract for half of those events. Cause he's a great guy and he does a really, and I'm sure his, his crew could figure out how to make some really cool grandstands around these old golf courses, but something like that, where it's like, it doesn't have to be these big grandiose, you know, grandstands or like have so much space. It's like, let's pack these people in and let's make these people appreciate. Let's bring back the, the damn, the, the, the telescopic, uh, you know, <laughs> the viewer, the, the mirrors that they were the double mirrors that they hold the box up, you know, and, and you could see, you know, three feet above you. Like, I, I mean, use it every day, just, Jay. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, something like that, just to, just to change it up and like to bring back some energy. You know, I feel like I do agree a little bit that it's a little flat when it comes to the, the PJ tour events. Like we're like, okay, we're going to this golf course. You know, again, I'm not trying to, you know, throw shade on the Midwest. Cause I think there's a great golf course up there, but they, we have gone to some, oh, but we've gone to some, I'd say some un, you know, some, some non-memorable golf courses in the Midwest. And it's like, Okay, I mean, I get it. Everyone wants a nice golf course, but there's plenty of really good high-end golf courses that are ranked high, and we don't go there because maybe the members don't want people to come out. I don't know what it is, but we go to these golf courses, and you're like, I don't, I've never heard of this golf course before. Like, I don't even why, why are they playing here? Oh, they play there because it's a big golf course, and they can get a lot of fans around, and um, they're willing to take the two to three million dollar, you know, stipend from the PGA Tour to get the course ready, and they'll do exactly what the PGA Tour says. And it's like, but is that fun? Is that fun for the viewer? You know, I don't know if it is. I mean, so I mean, I, 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 I'm kind of on the fence with you, Mike. I, I mean, I don't think that it's. I'm not. I'm not a down in the dumps guy, so I don't think it's going to go that far. But I do think there's room for improvement, for sure. Make golf great again yeah let's get some hats baby Sorry, make make professional golf great again because golf's pretty fucking awesome as it is yeah and if i have to stop watching professional golf and just enjoy it you know with what i do every day in a recreational standpoint and shift focus that standpoint fine i mean i'm still a whore for it so i'll watch it but <laughs> probably because i'm a gambler too so i got to gamble on it but yeah so anyways Speaking of that, speaking of gambling, we do have a DraftKings this week. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We do have the hero, 20-man field, getting world ranking points. Um, just At least this new system now, they're going to get killed and not going to get many points because there's only 20 people in the field. But the guys are going to the Bahamas and they're going to make a bunch of money. Yeah, it's like a $4.5 million purse for 20 guys. I mean, I'd be there. Thank you. Thanks, Tiger. Yeah. yeah I mean, who's turning down who's turning down Tiger right now? Cantley and Xander both WD a couple weeks ago. Cantley and Xander. Bad news. They're, they're like the PGA tour problem child. Fucking Cantley. Did you see he was making one point one million dollars from Goldman Sachs for his hat? Cantley came out. He is I think uh, Forbes had that. I think he's dropping down on the list pretty far for a lot of uh, a lot of people a lot of people so anyways 20 man field albany down in the bahamas just start calling it tiger and friends <laughs> so uh who wants to who wants to go first um uh, go for it oh hold on hold please i'm ready i'll do mine all right, I'm, I'm feeling you it. Go? You want to go? Yeah, I'm ready. Right, go I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm going ready. from the. Go. T- I'm I'm going from the top this time. I normally go from the oh, bottom. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna switch here. it up. Switch it up. Um, Crazy. I'm I'm going Victor Hovland. Whoa. Yeah, I mean he's the highest highest price guy. I think he's. Rocking I think this it's a guy on, and this is a man on a mission right now. I think he's. He he may not win, but I think he finishes top three. He's he's ready to go. He's going to make birdies and get some points. Um, and then I go right down to a guy who is playing really good golf as well, Max Homa. 
yeah, he just – I think he plays good here. He controls the ball really well, controls the flight of his ball and the wind. I mean, he's going to play well. Um, that's a formality. So then I moved down to a lot of mid, mid-tier guys, which it did drop off pretty quickly if you guys noticed. I felt like it did. Granted, there's only 20 guys playing, but um, I'm going with Mr. Tony Finau, 7600 bucks. Hadn't played in a while. A little bit of a gamble. Um but he's one of those guys who, if he's playing well, he can get super hot and and make a bunch of birdies. Um, and then I drop down to Jordan Spieth. Uh, Coming off the wrist injury. Interesting. Right off, right off the wrist injury. Um, but, you know, I don't really, other than the fact that somebody on the World Wide Web told me to pick him, I didn't really do a whole lot of research on Jordan Spieth. I just feel like with a short man field and great short game win, he's just kind of a tough a player who can play in tough conditions. So, um, referring it as the World Wide Web certainly dates you. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, I, I I I love saying that. I love undefeated it. I love internet. It. World Wide Web. That's like uh, World Wide Web. It's like someone said the internet. The interweb. The interweb. Um, on the line. Yeah. Um, then at 7,300 off of AOL, <laughs> AOL, <laughs> um, at 7,300 bucks, when Wyndham Clark, um, I thought his price point was pretty good for good value. his firepower. So, um, last but not least, you talk about coming off of an injury. This guy's not going to play in this event unless he's ready to go. Really? Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah, Zorro himself. Yes, just waving at four footers. Yes, uh, he's gonna play good because he's he's just too good. And I'm willing to take the chance at sixty six hundred bucks over Tiger. Yeah, for for Zalatoris, um, I feel like he's gonna play good. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna surprise some people and finish maybe even in the top ten or top five. Well, if he does, he'll certainly surprise some people. That's for sure. Yeah, wow. I think okay. he will. I think he will. He's young enough. He's spry enough coming off of back surgery. And everyone's like, oh, he's back surgery. He's not going to play good. I think he's going to play good. He's You don't forget how to hit the ball as solid as he hits it. Obviously, he, he's he got his own unique putting setup and stroke. We all know that. Um, but I'm excited don't forget, to see it again. I, I'm kinda, I think he's going to play good. This guy's he's a tough dude. I mean, just, just a year and a half ago, the guy was competing with Justin Thomas at, at you know, uh, the Southern Hills for for a major, so and and Fitzpatrick at the U.S. Open the month and later. Fitzpatrick at the U.S. Open, you know. So, uh, yeah, I I think he's going to play well for that price point. I think it's I think it's worth it. So anyway, there you go, McLean. All right, you guys ready? Uh, yeah, that's why I said McLean. <laughs> yeah, is that <laughs> is that why? Good input, Mike. That's why you're the host, <laughs> Duh, buddy. <laughs> Um, winner of the golf tournament, third or fourth time in a row, Victor Hovland. I don't need to go in on why. Um, moving down from there, Mr. Cameron Young, guy who flights his ball with a lot of speed. The wind doesn't affect 190 mile an hour ball speed. Um, I just, I, I just like the guy. He's got kind of a nasty little short game. I love his move. He has to me the best pause. I've seen like it's better than Hideki. It's better than um, Camillo. 
Like out of all the pauses I've ever seen in professional golf, I love his move. I makes I me anxious. Love his move. Oh, makes you anxious. <laughs> go, 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 quick. Oh, I love it. Just, I love it. Moving down from there, a big value play here for a top five player in the world, Mr. Justin Thomas at 8,400. <laughs> and then uh, going with Big Dick Rick at 8,000. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy's hot. The guy's a good player. He's playing well. And a guy who's also in very much control of his golf ball. Um, Another big speed guy. I mean, this isn't necessarily a, a speed bombers course, but at the same time, a guy who I think has been playing very well, major champion this year, Mr. Wyndham Clark. And then rounding it out, the Bulldog, Brian Harmon. I knew you were picking Harmon. I knew it. <laughs> that, that was out of left field for me. I had no idea. Oh, you got to love it. I mean, the guy's just a bulldog. He's just going to go strike six hybrids in there. Low spin hybrids. And he just missed the guy. cut at the RSM. Like, what? There that, is no cut here, Jay. I know. I know. <laughs> the worst he can do is finish top 30 <laughs> or top 20. <laughs> top 20, whatever it is. So I think I, I, I actually like, had him on my in my lineup for a second. Well, sounds like I'm winning. Yeah. <laughs> sounds right. like I'm winning. All right. Sounds good. So this is this is a weird event, obviously, right? Only 20 players, no cut. But I also find it odd. It's like, okay, how much are these guys trying? Right? How how much is it just a vacation and a guaranteed paycheck? And then you see a lot of guys, they're changing coaches, they're messing with new equipment, they're, you know, so it's just, you, you never quite know what you're going to get for some guys. How, what's their effort level like, you know? So I'll start at the bottom, as I normally do. I'm going to go with my man, Keegan Bradley, member of Boston, uh, Boston Common Golf. He's just a competitor, man. I don't think anytime he tees it up, he wants to win. He doesn't take him rounds off. He doesn't take tournaments off. It's not a vacation for him. I think he's got a little bit of something to prove with playing against a lot of these guys who are on the Ryder Cup team. And he was like, nah, I want to beat these guys because I should have been on that team. So I like Keegan. Uh, good win player as well. So I like him at $6,800. Then I go up to another sneaky guy, uh, Justin Rose, 6900 I think he could just have a, a sneaky top five. You'll, you'll see four shots from him all weekend on the coverage. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize Justin, fin- Justin Rose just finished top five. But I think this he's, is- he's a member out there, too. That yeah, helps. That does help. Maybe. Yeah, as maybe, we had the conversation yeah, that, earlier. Maybe. Yeah, as we were talking earlier, maybe he gets lazy and doesn't. But no, I, 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 Justin Justin Rose is one of those guys that's kind of, you're right. He, they may they won't show him that that much, but all of a sudden he's like, you know, going into the back nine. And he's only you know three back, and you're like, oh okay, yeah. Yeah. you accumulated a bunch of points. And he was he was like, I think he's gonna be happy that he's there because he was one of the last guys. Him, him and Glover got those spots from um, Xander and and Cantlay there. The the little I won't say what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> $7,600 to Mr. Tony Finau. Uh, for the reasons you said, Jay, I, I just think he's going to make a bunch of birdies, a lot of par- there's five par fives. And so I think Loves that plays that into his hands very well. Then I go up to Mr. Justin Thomas. Playing with Tiger, 
Tigers event. His game's starting to round into form a little bit the few times we've seen him this fall. Uh, he, he is coming off two top fives, right? Yeah, he played pretty well at, at the Ryder Cup. Uh, he had a top 12, and then um, he had a, a, a like a T4 over there at the yeah. Net Bank in, yeah. uh, in Africa. So I like I like him to play well this week. Then I go up to ten thousand dollars. Colin Morikawa. He, you love Colin Morikawa. I do. He he's a, he switched his golf coach. He got rid of his coach from he's had for 15, 20 years. He's like his entire life growing up. Wow, that's scary. Um, he got rid of him actually right before the Ryder Cup. And the reports are, I think he's gone with Mark Blackburn, who I love. And uh, Colin did uh, win the Zozo his last time playing. He won in Japan. So, wow. so I like Morikawa. He did play well here. He's got a little decent track record of this golf course as well. I'm pretty sure he gagged an event here, but he was leading. So uh, through three rounds. Yeah. And then I go uh, to your winner, uh, 10,100 Max Homa. He's nice. just going to win. Uh, he won. He he also won his last event at the Ned Bank in Africa, and he just feels yeah, what a fun now. what a what a fun golf swing to watch too. By the way, yeah, it's pretty. You just watch it on repeat over and over and over again. It is pretty good. And a Mark Mark Blackburn is his coach. So, yep. uh, yeah, there you go. There's your winning winning squad. No matter what those guys said. Let's see, we'll see, we'll see, and then and then. Come January, boys, we start our season long again. Where we keep started. Up, we're upping the stakes this year, by the way. Okay, up them from what? No. Fucking nothing. <laughs> Listeners, I shouldn't say viewers. What are, what are we upping them from? We're going. Oh, way you didn't up. get. You didn't get it. I put it in the mail for you. Way up, McLean. It's like it's way up. Like think some, what, some, what's, some what's balls, too far up for you, and that's where we're going. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's coming by you know carrier pigeon. <laughs> Stork, <laughs> gonna drop off a few babies first, and then get a few you. babies and, and some mail. <laughs> Unbelievable! So there you have it. Um, I did not think we were gonna do almost an hour and a half long podcast today when I thought we had no topics, but we all like to talk, so that works out on a podcast. Yeah, that's good. That's what it's. That's what we're here for. There you go. Wasn't expecting to go on a mass old minute, but I did. Just it just bubbled up with inside of me when I started talking about it. <laughs> but you know, just had to get it out there. Just had to vent. That's me. I just got to vent. Yeah. Speak, now you feel better. Speaking to existence, and I'll sleep fine. But we'll uh, we'll be back. We're still working on our guest. Hopefully, he we can find a date. Uh, he had to cancel last week, and uh, too popular. He's just he's big time. You know, we're not so. We'll get it locked down. We'll get it locked down. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk about uh, the Hero World Challenge. Cheers.